right, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Musical Splitting Podcast. I am your host and ninja star with a booger on it, Kavitarian. We were just talking about Righteous Gemstones because it's a very fun show. So good. I think it would also make a good musical, honestly, now that I think about it. Uh, Danny McBride doing a musical, holy shit. Yeah. Right? Just sign me up. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're not here to talk about that, unfortunately. No. Uh, we are here today to talk about a certain story that takes place on the West Side. Is it? You like that? Is it? Oh, that is pretty good. Not not the East yeah. Side? Not the East Side. It's the West Side. It's, it's not... a West Side story. Wh- what? Wow. Cool West Side Story, bro. Uh, the incomparable finger snapping kids on the streets. Michael Bay's favorite, apparently. Wait, I've really? Learned. Is Michael Bay a West Side Story fan? He is. There was that uh, that guy, Tony Zhu. I forget what it, I think it's his oh, name. Oh, right, right. Yes, yes. He, the, he like, pulled up all those clips of West Side Story. Yes. And he's like, this is Michael Bay's shots that he loves to imitate. But yes, be, Michael Bay favorite. Wow. Mike, so that's actually should be the byline for West Side Story is Michael Bay favorite. <laughs> West Side Story. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't do a remake of it. Oh my God, can you? I I can't oh, imagine. So many explosions. <laughs> there would just be just so many helicopters. So many of like that. What's that like twisting like wide para- parallaxis or whatever it's called? Where parallax? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh the my God. The 360. Yeah, yeah, they put a circle dolly Everyone's around it. Just, just like going, standing, like looking around. Oh, it'd be great. I. Why can't we have Michael Bay's West Side Story? It really is an unfair world. An un- yeah, unfair unfortunately, uh, we had Steven Spielberg, who's not as good of a director. Yeah, take on. he's uh, whatever. <laughs> E.T., he's okay. whatever. Uh, I saw, so this is something that we had discussed uh, back in December mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, about doing this. So you, you've been very hyped for doing this. I, you know, I thought I would share the story of my commitment to this podcast oh. is back in December when we were first discussing what we were going to, you know, start reviewing and talking about. Uh, I had the idea. I said, you know, we should probably do on a West Side Story because it's undoubtedly going to get nominated for an Oscar. People would be interested in it. Sarah had a screener for it uh, and we were watching it at her mom's house and her and her mom wanted to watch it. And I was going to watch it. But I was like, no, I should hold off. (laughs) Wow. And I texted you and I texted you like 1130 at night or something. It was not an appropriate time to be texting, even though because I was just (laughs) like, wait, I should just double check and see if Andrew's interested in it. Sure, sure. Uh, And then I was like, I didn't hear back from you naturally because a normal person goes to sleep at a normal time. Uh, but I was like, no, I will not watch it. Yeah. I'm going to go into the bedroom just in case. <laughs> so I went into the bedroom and watched Curb Your Enthusiasm on my iPad you, while you, Sarah and her mom watched it. You gave yourself West Side Story blue balls for this podcast. Yeah. And <laughs> for that, I will always like salute you. Good, sir. We're finally doing it. We're finally here. <laughs> but yes, I was I was uh, 100% like, absolutely, we got to do West Side Story. Number one, it's just like one of those just massive titles of musical theater that mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it you kind of can't talk about the history of musical theater without talking about West Side Story number two a Spielberg adaptation just I had I don't think I had seen it at that point yet either so it was just kind of like I, don't I can't even yet, imagine no. what like that's going to look like and number three it was just like one of the first musicals and with a lot of caveats which I'm sure we'll end up discussing that like yeah. I I I've first truly loved like it was the musical I think that made me look at musicals in a different as a different medium rather than as just like you know something I watched I I grew Mm up my family like I think I'd mentioned this but my family um didn't really have a lot of money to do to like go to the theater so like yeah yeah, we didn't it's not cheap it's not cheap it is it is a very expensive especially when you have a bunch of kids exactly yeah I, I am the middle of three and everything we did was you know as a family pretty much so like unless it was playing at like 
the community theater near our house or high school mm-hmm. was doing it or there was a film version of it. I didn't see it. The weird thing is like the 61 version exists. It's it's like in, you know, AFI's like greatest films. It's one of Roger yeah. Ebert's favorite films, but I had never seen it growing up. I only got to West Side Story because I was um, a band kid, but a terrible band what? kid. I was That's a, so surprising. I, <laughs> shut the <laughs> fuck up. Uh, what instrument do you think I played? You were on the French horn. Yes. Did I tell you that before? Holy shit. Yes. No. <laughs> wow. Yes, I Whoa. was on the French or horn. Or maybe you did and I forgot and it just popped up in my subconscious. Just, but that was a total guess. Wow. Yeah. No, I was absolutely, I was the, um, we didn't have any French horns and I was one of a thousand clarinets and I like attention. So I volunteered to learn the French horn in seventh grade oh. and I was terrible at it. I still am terrible at it. But in seventh grade, we, uh, my, my band teacher, uh, she decided that we were going to play a suite of music from West Side Story. And that was my introduction to it. And the music, um, we had to watch the 61 film to get acquainted with Mm -hmm. it. Like we had two Mm -hmm. days in class where we spread that out. And it had just struck me as something that was just so like, I'm giving you like Annie and the sound of music. Like that was my frame of reference, you know, Yeah. just musically. It was unlike anything I had ever heard before. And Mm -hmm. um, it was the first time that like, I'd remember making connections about like, Oh, like, the music is a character. The music sets intention, you know, mm-hmm. um, because most of the musicals I liked had this very traditional, like Jerry Herman, Broadway, just kind of sound and West Side Story yeah. did not. And it was also at the same time that like I was getting into Shakespeare. Like that was the first time I ever actually read Romeo and Juliet was in seventh grade. It was yeah, at yeah, the yeah. same time. So it was just like you read it early. I didn't get to read it until uh, I was I was, I was in an accelerated reading class. Oh, were you really? Oh, okay. I was bullied for that, too. Man, um, well, that was coincidentally <laughs> off like me. <laughs> coincidentally, that same accelerated accelerated reading class. Guess what book I read in that class or my teacher loaned to me? It begins, oh God, it, not, it begins with a P H. No, no, let's not. Let's not. Let's see if we can do one podcast. One day. Let's yes, see if we can do one. one day. But like, so I bet you one dollar. So <laughs> one dollar, a dollar for bet. my silence. Um, no, but like it, it just hit me at like that. At, like it was like lightning the right at the age. time. And um, yeah, you're, you're a millennial. Do you remember like there was like this really brief. It was kind of at the end of like our 50s nostalgia in the 90s where like West Side Story kind of came. Gap commercial the Gap commercials. The Gap commercials, yeah. Brian like, yeah. Setzer Orchestra. Right. Like it had just kind of come back into public consciousness. So it was just like I was there right at the perfect time for it. And like it, it like absolutely blew my mind. So as I've gotten older and have thought a lot about this show, obviously. Wiser. And wiser. <laughs> and um, drunker. And... Um, <laughs> Just more cynical. No, uh, like that, that. The show has changed with me, and the show in its own history has is, is, is changed so much. And this mm-hmm. this twenty twenty one adaptation that we're going to talk about, like, is kind of like the culmination of a lot of that. So yeah, sorry mm. for like hijacking the microphone here. No, 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 um, no. It's like we have a podcast of some sort that we need to discuss. Are there, are there people listening to this? Oh, no. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> Yeah, but so that that was I was very excited to do a West Side Story episode. So, yes. So what was your um, were you excited to see the? this is like a hot topic of debate about Spielberg actually doing the remake? Was that something you were obviously you loved the film, but were you sort of going into it excited or were you sort of like, what the fuck? Because I have my own thoughts, which apparently are the thoughts that everyone this is like the two sides of it on Twitter specifically, sure. right? Everyone's either like you either fucking loved it and thought it was incredible right. or you're like, why the fuck would Steven Spielberg choose to remake this film? Right. If he can do anything he wants. Well, I was actually genuinely excited for it. I was, 
with some hesitancy because mm-hmm. I mean the 61 version as much as it is in like this canon of film it has a huge like dark mark over it and a lot of it is just in the, the, there's a lot of complicated discussions you could have about West Side Story that I don't know how we're going to fit it into an hour of a podcast but in terms of like representation and the fact that the 61 version you know it uses brown face and it's like there's there's just these things that like I think the story still has a lot of universal appeal people keep wanting to revive it and keep doing it but in terms of like putting it to film you it opens up this uh, uh, not a remake but just a revisitation of it because I don't consider the Spielberg version a remake um it's a very different film from the 61 film um there, there is a lot more to say a lot more context to give this story and um a lot more room for further reflection you know it's not a perfect story by a long shot and i think a lot of west side story what you have to ultimately take about it is that it is it's 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 not just a retelling of romeo and juliet but it's also fantasy at the end of the day i was excited for a remake of it because in as much as i do like the film you know i don't think it is perfect by any stretch of the imagination and is worth revisiting if we're going to keep revisiting west side story why not do something meaningful with it so i was excited for the spielberg version even though i hadn't really been digging a lot of spielberg's like filmography of the last like five ten years like yeah i'm trying to remember the last one of his movies that i really liked yeah i can't think it's like catch me if you can yeah the last one where i was like i fucking love this movie right yeah the mid 2000s i don't think i've been on board super with any of his movies same same it was like munich and catch me if you can are just kind of like like the last thing I could think of where I'm like, well, he's trying to make minority part was before that. I think, yeah, all of it blends together now at this point. So I was really like, yeah, it all kind of ends up blending together. So I was like, you know, a little like, well, it's interesting that Spielberg wants to do this and he's never done a musical, but also like, I Mm. think this is, it's worth revisiting. I could see why he, it would make sense for him to do a musical too, particularly because his, his command of the camera and like he, he know, I mean, you you have to think about the way you move a camera. I'm sure this will all come to light when I watch it, but like, Mm. You know, you have to think about your camera as like another actor that's sort of dancing with the actors. Yes. Like that's kind of how Spielberg directs as it yes, is. Yes, yes. So I, I could see that being like a good, he's a good fit for that, I think. Yeah, like I think that was, you know, and when, when you finally see it, we can have that talk. But yes, like yeah. that was why I was excited. I'm like Spielberg, whatever else you can say is a very, is, is he can make, he can make a movie, you know? So I was just like. Oh, but, uh, but but even just specifically camera movement and sure. blocking, like Spielberg's a fucking virtuoso. Yeah. That is why that man is like yeah. a legend. Like he knows where to put a camera and sure. to fly it around and to stage people in a way where you don't understand what's happening. Yes. And you just sort of like accept a story and you're like, Oh shit. Like yes. That was, like I saw that people were posting a lot about this one from, which I didn't watch, but mm. again, people are putting on Twitter. They're like some one of his, that's great. And I'm like, Spielberg does like 10,000 of those in every movie and you don't even fucking realize he it. does. And this, this movie is not any different. I was excited and I, I was, I'm glad I'm not one of those people that has like too many, um, you know, sacred opinions? things to me. No, <laughs> I have absolutely zero opinions. I am just a dumbass, like plastic bag blowing through the wind, <laughs> poetic, but empty and meaningless. Um, no, but like I, I, um, I, I, I was definitely very excited. excited I, I, I don't hold okay. a lot of movies sacred. Is yeah, that's, okay. that's my approach to things. You know, I don't think anything is too good to never talk about again. And especially sure. with the caveats I have with the original West side story, like, I yeah, like, yeah. Sure. yeah. You're like, there's room for it. Yes. I've, I've mostly seen this over the years. I've, I don't think I've ever really sat down and watched it from I'm, the 61 version. I don't think I've ever sat down and watched it beginning to end. I've seen it like in parts. It, it has been on TV a bunch. I actually, I was actually thinking about this where I'm like, because in LA they do these 70 millimeter screenings all the time Ooh. of classic films. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I've seen like, you know, Lawrence of Arabia in like 2001. And, and this is actually one that I kept 
waiting for to be like, oh, I'll just wait until I can go see it in 70 mil because I had a feeling that it's something that would be fucking, you know, rock and roll on a big screen. Yeah. It's just never schedules never lined up. Uh, I was never able to see it. So uh, I've always wanted to see it on a big screen. But I've never seen it on a big screen. And it is one of those films that I wish I could see on a big screen, the 61 version, because it is it's a it's a great looking film. Like, yeah, like that was the other thing. A lot of movie musicals that I'd seen before that were just kind of like fine from a film point of view, you know, like Mm -hmm. West Side Story is just very striking and stylized. And it has like, you know, this artistic input from Saul Bass and like, it's just like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's a cool looking film. Like it's beautiful, huh? I remember the opening scene very well. I've seen, I've seen that like a thousand times, but, but anyway, we should move on yes. to our notice yes. notes notes. Yes. Uh, West side story. West side story is a 1957 musical conceived, conceived by Jerome Robbins with music by Leonard Bernstein lyrics by Stephen Sondheim, your boy, yeah, my boy <laughs> and a book by Arthur Lawrence. Uh, it has been adapted twice into a feature-length film with the 1961 film directed or directed by co-director Robert Wise and Robbins mm-hmm. in a recent 2021 version, the affirmation, the affirmation, <laughs> Steven Spielberg, Stevie, yeah, Stevie Spiel, our baby boy, uh, ripped straight from the pages of Bard, West Side Story is a contemporary retelling of William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, replacing the streets of Verona, Italy with the slums of New York City's Upper West Side during the 1950s. The two houses, both alike in dignity, are now the Jets, a street gang of working class white men, and their rival gang, the Sharks, comprised of Puerto Rican immigrants. As the animosity between the two grows, Tony, the former founder of the Jets, looking to escape his juvenile delinquent past, finds himself falling for Maria, the newly arrived sister of the Sharks leader, Bernardo. And if you've ever seen a production or adaptation of Romeo and Juliet, let's just say it's going to be a bumpy and tragic ride for these two kids. They move out west, right? That's why it's West Side Story. They get in a car. Oh, yeah. They, they start, drive west. Yeah, they just start like you know getting their guitars out, and they're like, yeah. yeah. They start a little bakery, yeah. and they have some kids and right. a family, and exactly. it's great. It it ends a happy ending. It's such a happy story. Like it. Uh, <laughs> the notion of West Side Story came to Jerome Robbins in 1949, while he was already well into his career as one of Broadway and American Ballet's most celebrated choreographers. He pitched the idea of a modern Romeo and Juliet, wherein Romeo was an Irish Catholic boy and Juliet, a young Jewish woman who had escaped the horrors of the Holocaust, to conductor and composer Leonard Bernstein and playwright Arthur Lawrence. After much creative disagreement, however, the project then titled East Side Story, whoa, whoa yeah, fucking that took a 180 turn, mm, right? Uh, was scrapped. I think that's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> it was East Side Story and then became West Side Story. Yeah. Uh, it was, also had a. I'm trying to remember. There was another working title for it that when they were told West North Side Story, Side Story. no, it was like, like South Side Story. It was like Gangbusters or Gangway or something like that, because um, they were told the title was bad. Uh, West Side Story, mm-hmm. so they jokingly called it. I think it was Gangway. I believe it was what Gangway. it was. Yeah. Uh, after much creative disagreement, however, the project then titled East Side Story was scrapped, and the three went their separate ways. By the time the three reunited for an unrelated project, Serenade. I've never heard of that. Did that become something? No. No. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, the-, the theater producer, Martin Gabel, had introduced them to a young songwriter named Stevie Sondheim, who was working on his own Broadway debut, Saturday Night. Not Saturday Night Live. No, not <laughs> Saturday Night Produced by Lord Michaels. It was like a one-man show. It's just Stephen Sondheim in his like apartment, like getting a camera going, and he's just sitting at a piano, and he's like, I'm going to sing yeah. some rhymes about how getting older sucks, and you know, sucks. everyone's like, I loved it. And Lauren Michaels was like, this this is a good option. This is it. This is hilarious. Let's <laughs> yeah. give you a digital short. Uh, ultimately, Serenade and Saturday Night 
were almost were also shelved, and the four came together to create one of the art form's most enduring works, West Side Story. While the original impression of West Side Story only won two Tony Awards in a year dominated by The Music Man, its arrival to Broadway was otherwise tremendously well-received. It opened on September 26, 1957 at the Winter Garden Theater... Where Cats was. Where Cats was. Uh, where it See, ran for 732 like, performances. You like Broadway. You remember that. <laughs> I've just read enough of these now at yeah. this point where I find some of it I'm starting to starting to absorb. Sure. Uh, it ran for 732 performances before closing on June 27th, 1959. Immediately after the production launched a wildly popular national tour. And it was soon to be followed by the 61 film adaptation, which was the highest grossing movie of its year. And which also picked up a cool 10 Oscars. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it has received multiple Broadway revivals, including a 2009 version with the partial Spanish translation by our boy, Lin-Manuel Lin Miranda. Miranda. He's like the phantom. He just appears in every <laughs> fucking episode at some point. That would probably make him so happy to hear him the being phantom compared of to Broadway, that. Like Lin-Manuel li- Miranda. I'm sure if he's listening to this, like, yeah, you can I'm jack sure it out. I'm sure I know for a fact that he is. I, yeah. I tracked his IP address. I see it. <laughs> right. <laughs> every episode, 30 times in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's like, Angelina, I'm going to talk to you about your sweaty dumps. Yeah. Sweaty, sweaty dumps, dumps, sweaty dumps. They wrote a rap song about it. Mm. Uh, And now here we are at the precipice of the 20. We're a real podcast, guys, I promise. Uh, And now we were on the precipice of the 2022 Oscars with a new Spielberg film sweeping up seven nominations and this chestnut of a show back in the public consciousness again. Uh, I always think of the film as being the thing that uh, I've constantly been you know, exposed to, I, it's weird that obviously it was a Broadway show, but I, it never occurred to me that this was a Broadway show that was popular. I think, I think a lot of people do associate West Side Story with the 61 version more than anything else. And I think a lot of that is because Jerome Robbins, who, as we mentioned, choreographed this and created the, got the idea for West Side Story, um, was co-director on the film for the 61 version. So a lot mm-hmm. of what the Broadway show was. Carries over n- into Yes, it. carries over. Okay. In fact, Robert Wise, who was a, a prolific film director in his own right, I think was only brought on because the studio wanted someone to keep Jerome Robbins like from going over budget and doing too much bullshit, you know, musical bullshit and, and and what or over budget and over like the production schedule. And both of those things did happen, unfortunately, but Robert Wise was very like still much like graciously. I want to make sure Jerome Robbins is included as a co-director of this film. It's hard to say like, what is the definitive version of West Side Story? And I think for a long time, it genuinely has been the 61 one, but I think the 2021 film having already seen it is changing that conversation a lot. Yeah. So. I, mean, I think the fact that it's nominated for a bunch of Oscars is a crazy, it's yeah. a pretty big deal. Yeah. Cause usually a lot of these remakes are just like, whatever it's a remake and like no one gives a shit and they see mm-hmm. this some weird cash grab, but this seems right. like a big validation to have it uh, really put out and, you know, uh, for push forward for awards and stuff. And it's yeah. like a decent chance. And it's been insane because like, uh, you know, a lot of people had said like, Oh, Disney who owns 20th century Fox, like put this movie through the movie under the bus. Cause like it was only in theaters for like two weeks at the height of like mm-hmm. Omicron and like Spider-Man, no way home being out at the same time. So like most people didn't see it in theaters and it's only now with this recent push with it being on both HBO and Disney streaming Disney services. Plus. That was so that, weird yeah. that it's on both places at the same time. Yeah. Like, it, it's funny because the HBO one starts with an advisory about cigarette smoking and the Disney one does not. <laughs> it's very weird. It's insane to me. Yeah. Now, like there's there's I, I've read so much really good and thoughtful criticism, both for and against this version and just both for and against West Side Story's existence. And what I okay. will say is I think like it 
to me that it's there's something to the fact that the story keeps being retold and that people mm. want to see it again and what what the 2021 version tries to do i think is very admirable okay on yeah, top of just being so, a balls to the wall film like it's just i yeah. loved it i loved it like i'm just gonna put that out there like i fucking love the 2021 version a lot um, so i can tell from your twitter feed that you have <laughs> recently watched it again yeah uh, in preparation for this so uh, i'm gonna be watching both versions i'm gonna watch 61 and wow. 2021 that's a lot of west god side help, story <laughs> yeah god help me i'm gonna have to have a little gap between when we record the next part just so many uh, finger yeah. snaps We'll see if I make it to the other end without, you know, going crazy. Sure. Uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and go to our ad break and go watch yeah. it and come back. And we are back at it again. We have returned from the West Side Stories. Yeah. Plural. I, do you have some stories to share with the oh, group? Oh, I got some stories to tell you. Actually, no, not really. I don't have any good stories. Oh. <laughs> Well, that's the end of this Although podcast. I am from the west side. I'm on the west side of this story. You're oh, on the east side. yes, I am. I am. I did. <laughs> I do live west of Philadelphia now, so I'm on the west side of that. Which right, is that's so where my empathy begins it. and ends. <laughs> um, so, West Side Story is the story of people on the west side, as we learned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Used to be from the east side. Yes, uh, originally <laughs> they changed it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's about these cute boys who have a club. There's two clubs. <laughs> cute boys of the, the club. The cute ones call them the sharks, yeah. and the other ones are the jets, and it's adorable, and they yeah. have matching colors, Aww. but they're also violent criminals, according to the musical, so that's sad. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. And they're fighting over gang territory. Oh, it takes place in 61. So it's filmed in 61, the, first the original the, film. Yes, yes. And uh, the, I mean, the musical came out in 1957, so just in that contemporary end of the 50s, yeah. early of the six, early, like, 60s of this uh, is right when Don Draper is like you know he's king of uh fucking whatever the Don Draper agency I forget (laughs) what the agency is called did you never watch Mad Men I watched Mad Men but I like so yeah so it's like around that era (laughs) yeah 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 no I mean that is a good place to like put it like in terms of like that's a reference point yeah in terms of this like new New York City like concrete jungle that was being built up and the Steven Spielberg version consciously like wants you to think about go that. back to that era yeah, yeah because of like the lincoln square uh renewal project that actually did happen you know and displace mm-hmm. people and putting that as kind of like the basis not the basis of the conflict but context for the conflict between mm-hmm. the jets and the sharks whereas in like the 61 version it's just finger tapping snapping there's just a, there's just like hey there's young people they're all angry at each other they yeah. all get into gangs probably because which frankly you know when you're young it's kind of like you're just looking for a place to Feel like you're part of something. I get it. Mm. I mean, not the not the gang part, but like the the community, if you will. Mm. This is pre-internet, so they couldn't go on Twitter or on Reddit. It's still all very cute to me. So it's like, yeah. So there's these two gangs that are cute, and they mm. have cute names, and then they want to go to the dance. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and the- <laughs> I feel it's also like, innocent. Yes. Yeah. It's like there's two gangs. We're in the middle, thrust in the middle of like this long going conflict between the Jets and the Sharks. And as we mentioned, the Jets are a what we'll call working class white immigrant kind of background, like Irish, Polish, like grandkids, that sort of thing. And then the Sharks are all Puerto Rican immigrants. There's race difference going on there. And the fact that they're in a neighborhood is in in the context of the Spielberg film, but also in this disappearing, essentially. Like they're both hanging on to like the last shreds of this neighborhood. Um, and again, they're all juvenile delinquents. So they're, mm-hmm, they're kids mm-hmm. basically. Um, and then one of them, uh, the, a former member of the jet, a former founder of the jet, Tony is avoiding 
being caught up in right. this again. He doesn't want. He's trying to go straight. He's right. Like they're like, come on, man, one last job, come back. Yeah. Uh, Bernardo Bernardo's his name, right? Nardo is the leader of the Jets. The Sharks. Uh, I'm sorry, the Sharks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Riff. Uh, and is the leader. Yeah, right. The, and yeah. the, Riff is the leader of the Jets, and the Sharks is Nardo. Nardo has a younger sister, Maria, who he's mm-hmm. very protective of. Yep. And everyone's just like chatting. They're like, let's go to the dance. It'll be mm-hmm. cool. And then they go, and of course the rival gangs have like a dance-off, which yep. is really, it's a great sequence. Yep. And then um, Tony, who's the former Jet, sees Maria, who's yep. the bro- the sister of the leader of the Sharks. Yep. And of course, a, star cro- a pair of star-crossed lovers. Yep. They meet, and they're like, yo, shit, this yeah. is awesome. They're and for they real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so like they, they fall for each other like real hard, real quick, and they're all like ride or die for each other. Then then the gang leaders see them. They're like, "No, that's not cool. Yeah, fuck this. We yeah. gotta fight now for some reason." Well, they were going. They were going to fight before. They were like, they <laughs> right. were getting ready to like have like the rumble to end all rumbles. Right. But and- then they have like a. But then they have like this justification now, where they're like, yes. "No interracial dating or yeah. inner uh, inner gang street gang dating." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah. though technically neither of them are in the gang, which is what's funny about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like, Tony tries so hard to be like, no, I'm all, I'm doing good. Yeah. I'm like. I'm going straight. I'm going to fly that. You know, he's going to be like Lieutenant Dan swimming in the ocean <laughs> into the sunset. <laughs> like he wants to have that moment. But like uh, the circumstances, the, the power of tragedy, it's only going to get worse from here, kid. So they like pledge themselves to each other. And they get fake married. Sort yeah, of. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the kids do. And then but then there's like the giant fight. Yeah. Uh, the big brawl, right? And then Tony shows up to try and like basically be like, you guys don't fight. Yeah. Just like bang women instead because that's much cooler. Yeah. Uh, and then. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if only we were just fucking instead of fighting. Yeah, this is what happens when you're horny and you've got nothing to do. I'm yeah. Like, you just end up stabbing other people. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, so they go and they fight and then Tony tries to be like, no, I'm not going to do this. And then things escalate and yeah. then he accidentally kills I guess maybe not accidentally, but he sort of like loses his temper in the process of trying to calm them all down. And then, yeah, uh, ends up killing Nardo, who's, of course, his fake wife's brother. Right before that, Bernardo um, kills Riff kind of accidental. Like it's like. Right, right. It's all like a big it's called the big brawl for a reason. Or it's like everybody sort of just. Yeah, that's right. They all kind of die and kill. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's two men killed. Yeah. So both essentially both leaders are. The the jets and the sharks are are killed in this, and They're Tony. Dead, so then, yeah, Tony got to run. <laughs> Tony's like, oh shit, I got to run away, and he goes yeah. and tells. Or actually, he doesn't tell Maria. Uh, Maria, oh yeah, that's right. Maria's betrothed. Yes, yes. To what's his name? I forget Chino. what his name is. Chino. Chino, right, right. Yeah. Chino, and he's also part of the gang. Yeah, and he shows up and tells her that you know his her fian- her her fake husband murdered her brother. Yeah. Then Tony comes to see her, and I guess it's like fine. Yeah, they're just they're <laughs> which little... I thought was strange in both versions. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, you know, what? I agree. But then again, I'm like, oh, but then it's like local Florida man and girlfriend one away after killing. Like, I'm like, mm, is it that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they absolutely bang. And then, um, so oh, there's Anita, who's Bernardo's girlfriend, and like kind of a a big sister character to Maria. Played by Rita Moreno in the original. Yes. She, one, is one in love with Bernardo. And then two, like, she sees, like, oh, my gosh, this girl has been sleeping with the man who killed my boyfriend. Yeah. She's like, what the fuck? And she She's doesn't. Like the only voice of reason. Right. She doesn't immediately push Maria out a window. Like, I'm like, yeah. okay. 
you have much better <laughs> anger control than I do because, man. Seriously. Yeah, but she basically tells Maria, like, okay, if you want to be with this boy, you got to get the hell out of here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So then, of course, they make plans to be like, we're going to run away. Yeah. We love each other. We're going to get married. Yeah. Um, and uh, then, like, Maria can't go and see him at his hiding spot, which is a drugstore. So she begs Anita to, like, go to the drugstore yeah. and tell Tony to wait for her. But then it gets, oh no, even Which worse. Which is where the hangout is of all the, of all the young jets. They're all just like, this is our cool hangout spot. So she goes, uh, and is trying to tell, get, get to doc who owns it to tell, or Valentina in the new version to tell Tony. Yeah. She was originally supposed to tell Tony that like, you know, Maria was going to come eventually, but basically what happens is the jets try to, you know, gang sexually assault her. And in a moment of anger, she lies and instead tells them, that Chino found Maria and that he shot Maria and that Maria is sure, now dead. Is. Yeah. Yeah. This is all a lie because she, she's, it's a very intense moment of just like, fuck you. I'm not going to do yeah, anything to help you out. Spite them. Yeah. Yeah. So this gets back to Tony who thinks Maria is now dead. And so he starts, he leaves his hiding space and is like running out on right. the streets doing his Marlon Brando. Like, just kill yeah. me now, Chino. Yeah. And Chino does. And then, but and then Chino's like, <laughs> yeah. but right as he sees Maria, right? Yeah. Maria's like finally comes out and she's like, oh my God, you're alive. Yeah. And then yeah. he gets killed in front of her and then it's sad. Yeah. And then Maria has a big sad uh, ending monologue about like how many bullets are in this gun, Chino. And, you know, cause like right. she wants to shoot and she now knows hatred. And I don't know if you've ever seen the show Strangers with Candy, but there is an episode mm. where Stephen Colbert does that full monologue. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> impersonating Natalie Wood. And it is like, that's how I see that monologue in my head now every time I hear it. Um, but yeah, and then then it ends. And that's, that's it's yeah, it's Romeo and Juliet. That, that's yep. the West Side Story. Yeah. <laughs> that is it. Both both versions that we watched are, are, are very, they, fit, they hit the same plot points, but like, I think they're very different. <laughs> in their approaches to them. When I was watching it too, I was like, I feel like you're going to have much more, <laughs> spoiler alert, you're going to have many more opinions about this than I do. Sure. Uh, <laughs> as we said, just to recap, I hadn't like really seen the 61 version. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously I had seen the new the Spielberg version at all. Mm-hmm, yeah. To an extent, I, I'm like a neutral party here. Like sure. I don't really have any alliance to the original mm-hmm. any mm-hmm. more than I do to the new one. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the original very much. Oh, yeah. Um, not that I need to be like, oh, it's actually like, who cares what I think? But, yeah. like, you know, I was like, oh, I actually enjoyed it in a lot, in a lot more than I thought I would. Sure. Oh, that's awesome. Think, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Was, like, oh, the songs nice. are fucking bangers. Yeah, right? I like, like, I like the... when you enjoy things. It makes me very happy to hear <laughs> me that. Me too. Yeah, it makes yeah. this podcast a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Instead of having to look at your face just like getting grimmer and yeah. grimmer as just time like, passes. Oh, how do I talk about this? Yeah, like... No, no, that's great. Sorry. Go on. Yeah. I, I actually, I love the dancing, which is not something I usually say, but the dancing's really, really great. Right. The soundtrack, of course, this Leonard Bernstein character, that guy's he's going places. Right. Guys. He's, <laughs> keep it, he's a rising star. Yeah. He's got his pulse uh, or he's got his finger on the pulse of America. I see the pulse, big yeah. things for this man. <laughs> That scoring and the and I didn't I mean I sort of I had known so many of the songs but sure. I, didn't, I, I don't think I'd ever put together that all of them are from fucking West Side Story. Oh really? Like, oh Jesus Christ! How, yeah. I'm like this produced a lot of classics. I liked in the original how much it was. It's very bright. It's very yeah. colorful. Yeah. And you know it's shot on seventy millimeter. It, it's very big. Yeah. And I, I have to say I did lament not being able to see it on 70 millimeter, like in a theater. I just, as I talked about before, I was like, fuck man, it would have been really cool to have seen <laughs> yeah. this like, in a big theater. Yeah. And it was interesting the way it was shot too. Cause it's very big. Yes. But it's, it's, it's not, 
I, I don't know. I, before I get into my critique of the Spielberg version, but like it's very, it's, but again, it's because you shoot on 70 millimeter. Sure, uh, sure. 70 millimeter film. So it just, it feels big all the way through. And in the 60s too, like that was, that was part of, it's actually kind of similar to what's happening now in terms mm-hmm. of trying to get people to come back into the theater. Sure. Like the Cinerama fucking 70 millimeter big film shit was just like, go to the movies because right. TV had come out. And then, TV, you know, again, to now it's like streaming to, Right. Streaming is the thing that's killing everything. But at that point, it was like, dude, go to the movies. Like, you can't, you can't get this kind of image with this bigness and this hugeness right. if you don't go to a theater. So, wasn't it like the point too? I mean, not the point, but this is like almost like the kind of the last high scope or, or high, um, what's the word I'm looking for? High pitch of the uh, in theater, the like studios, the yeah. studio roadshow type thing too. Yeah, before yeah. they all collapse in the 70s. Yeah, and yeah ironically, yeah. led way to Steven Spielberg's career. Right. Um, right. Oh. <laughs> to new Hollywood is, is what that all goes. Yeah. Um, right. sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going too far into the history stuff, but no, but it feels big. It feels big. The sets are big. The, mm-hmm. the buildings, you know, again, the poster very famously has, uh, the buildings with like the fire escapes, mm-hmm. right. Which is like a very iconic image and you just sort of see it. So it's just, it's very like, it feels big, I guess. Yeah. And, it always felt like more like an, like if you've ever seen like the red shoes, like an art film musical. No, like, I, know, I need to. I, that's been like on my list forever because I know it's Scorsese's like favorite movie ever too. Oh, it's, it's wonderful. Michael Powell. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 one of my favorite movies, and it, it does kind of have like it goes hard and big on like yeah. it, and it's not afraid to get like surreal, but also keep the all of like just kind of the stuff that is happening as like it, it, the stuff that's supposed to be real is still shot with the same color palette. So it's all yeah. just kind of like this one big giant. Yeah, like operatic almost like image yeah. that you get. You don't out know of what's it. real and you don't know what's like fantasy kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's yeah. just like the that kind of visual blurring of just like this heightened reality. You know, like yeah. it's 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 so good. Like I think it feels I, it's like a fairy tale, right? That's what they say. Like it feels like a fairy tale. That's the point of yeah, it. Yeah, I think that was like because I had grown up seeing so many of like these um still beautifully shot uh 60s, 70s movie musicals, but I don't remember seeing anything that looked quite like West Side Story in terms of just yeah. like, from the style point of view. Like it was cool. It just looked cool. You know, speaking of, speaking of cool, I, I my confession is that I went back and like rewatched that sequence of play it cool uh-huh. like five times in the 61 version. Yeah, I it's, love it's one of my favorite scenes in any film. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I was trying to figure out what it is I loved about it, aside from the fact that, like, you know, the dancing is great and the staging mm-hmm. and all that. So, mm-hmm. And I thought what was really cool about it was it's it's that sequence is shot in a basement in a, like the garage. Right. Right. So you have this very low ceiling. Mm hmm. Right. And then so you have all these sort of vanishing lines, like going back to the horizon and it, like the camera's really low. It, it, it looks so different from the rest of the film. Yeah. Uh, and there's all this fantastic and there's one shot that I really, really liked in it. And I don't know if all of this is already famous and I'm just sort of catching on to something and, that. No, please go. Um, no. <laughs> but there's the one shot where like they push all the way back because it's like all these trucks with their lights are on. It's like these delivery trucks that are in the basement. That's where they have this. Yeah. Big moment where, you know, the leader's been killed. They don't know what to do. And then yeah. uh, I forget what his name is. The new dude who takes over. He's like, ice. you got to play it cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you got to play it cool. You can't fucking go around being angry and like fuck shit up. You got to play like, you know, we got to be low key so the cops don't come after us. Right, and so they right. do this whole sequence where it's like play it cool. And so they're in this basement where they're sort of hiding out and discussing this. And there's all these delivery trucks around. That's what the light sources are, the headlights. Right. But then there's this one shot where like they all run back into the dark. Yeah. Like, next to one of these trucks. And then they run back out. And then like. Yeah. Yeah. The camera's sort of running back with them and then they do this jump and then they're like snapping. Sort yes. Of. It's so like I got chills just listening to you yeah. describe it. I'm like, it is such yeah, a yeah. cool because I've always had a hard time like 
articulating exactly why I love that exact moment. I'm like, yeah, you're right. There is like this just very soothing, like one, like the perspectives in that in that are just incredible. And two, like the way it's lit and then like creates this weird suspensive moment that like it feels yeah. it feels and then like the music swelling at that point. too. Yeah. Like, it's building and it's such a moment. It's like it's literally really one intense. of my favorite, yeah. favorite scenes in any movie ever. I love yeah, that scene I so much. It. Contrasting it with like what you've seen before in the film, right? So much of it is just outside seeing these huge buildings. Yeah. But then seeing like, again, it's, it's sort of, I guess is meant to feel claustrophobic and hiding, but there's just, it feels sort of like a relief to an extent for me. I don't yeah. know why. Like there's like this um, moment in the Jerome Robbins choreography where they do like this, like, and they all yeah. end up going back down to the floor and it's towards the very end of that song. And it is just like what that, I love that scene so much. And I, a lot of people really like the cool in the, in this new movie. And I, I, I like that scene a lot. It's a definitely like different recontextualization of it. Cause that song actually does happen before the rumble in the stage show. Like it does in the movie, not in the same, not, not in the same like context. They, like the movie gives in a new context entirely, but it does happen before the rumble. And I think one of the best moves, the movie, the 61 movie did was put it after because like that is the scene where that tension is so high that yep, and yep. and so dark, like as the yep. song sounds, that like having that moment where everything is so close and low to the ground, but like all uh-huh. the all the choreography is almost like begging for these to characters to lift yeah. up. It's just like yeah. it is like the perfect melding of music, choreography, you know, production design cinema like it, it it's yeah i love that scene so that makes me so happy to hear oh <laughs> like, no i love that scene and and especially too like when you look at shot sizes sorry again i'm getting maybe too far into the filmy stuff but yeah. like sh- the shot sizes in the in the 61 version tend to be wider yeah and there's not mm-hmm. like a huge variation of like you know super close up to like you know long focus kind of stuff versus yeah. you know wider shots so it, it's I almost feel like there's a lot of shots that maybe like were dollied in and out and then they just cut them up. I don't mm-hmm. know, actually, mm-hmm. rather than setting up new frames. But sure. what that allows it to do is feel more. So it's like you have the relief of an edit, sure. but the shot sizes aren't so different. They're different enough that it doesn't feel like a jump. Yeah. But it's close but enough where it sort of ends up feeling kind of fluid, like all the way through. Yeah, I see what you mean. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense or no, not. No, that makes that makes total sense. Actually, there was a clip going around Twitter uh, because everyone was, you know, deep up the uh, Steven Spielberg version over the last couple yeah. weeks on Twitter. And then yeah. someone retweeted a scene from Dear Evan Hansen that was like, this is my favorite <laughs> shot from West Side Story. And it, no, but like, I, I, I saw go, that too. Yeah. yeah. If you look at it though, because it's like the, the, the scales of the shots are very different between each of these cuts that are made mm-hmm. in this scene. And it's so awful looking and like, it, it's, <laughs> like the opposite of fluid. It is just like hard, crusty booger in your nose. Like, and you're picking around it and trying to get it all out, but it just, none of it lines up. Like, yeah, nothing lines up. Whereas like, yeah, the, the 61 West Side Story is just like this very fluid, like it feels yeah, like a dream it, from beginning to end. Like, yeah, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. It does. So when I started watching the Spielberg one, so this is, this might've just been like the mistake I made, which is to watch one and then the other having not really seen the two. Oh, sure, sure. And so when I started to watch the Spielberg one, you know, it's a remake, right? So mm. I, I couldn't help but push out this sense that it reminded me of. Do you remember when we watched Lion King? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, and I, no. was like, I was like, this sort of just ends up feeling. And I, and obviously I know that there's a bunch of differences and, mm-hmm. you know, there's updates and sure. stuff switched around. And But I was just like, oh, this is just starting to feel like a. Oh, no. A live action remake <laughs> of yeah. a, a Disney animated movie mm-hmm. that I really liked. Mm. So it was really hard for me to come out of that. And I did go back and try and scrub through the Spielberg one again. But I, 
I actually do think that's really interesting because most people who are going to, at least in, in my experience, who have seen the new Spielberg West Side Story and were, were and were fans of the original, um, yeah. have seen have known the original for a really long time, have seen other versions of West Side Story yeah. in that span of time. Or like they just didn't give a shit about West Side Story to begin with. Like I have a friend yeah. who d- hates musicals a lot. Like, mm-hmm. or like really? he, he just I'm loves like, Please, musicals. Tell me more about it. <laughs> <laughs> he loves musicals, and he saw West, the Spielberg West Side Story, and he was like, "Yo, that that fucking ruled." And I was just like, yeah. "Well, interesting." So like, no, I've actually not really talked to anybody who had never seen either, and then watched them both. Right, so, and then watched both. In a no, row. but like that makes sense though. Like if you've just seen something, and the first thing that you liked is something that was like something you really liked and found like all this yeah. cool aesthetic appreciation for, then yeah, going yeah. into like a second one does feel kind of weird it felt repetitive and kind of redundant and again and i I understand that there's the changes are very obvious like i Mm. understand the kind of stuff the flourishes that he made in the parts where he's expanded and trying to give the sharks that whole like side of the story a little bit more breathing room and uh, but it still just was like, okay, I, I just, I couldn't get the idea of like a Disney live action remake out of my head. Oh, sh- oh sh- <laughs> this, is, this is all I kept thinking of. It's not actually, uh, you know, Rita Morena. It's a CGI recreation of Rita Morena. Like, <laughs> yeah. As someone who's had to watch a lot of versions of the same story for things for my job. So whether it's yeah. like, you know, 8,000 versions of Phantom or like Miz Phantom or Quasimodo. Or a Quote unquote of, job. You're, job. Like, you're just doing that anyway. And uh, yeah, <laughs> as someone who does this on my own free time <laughs> and then likes to get hoity-toity about it and say it's because of my job. Like, no, there is like, um, I guess one fatigue and two, like that weird thing, especially when you're new to something where you're like, this is mm-hmm. the new thing. This is how I'm experiencing it. This is how it's locking in my brain. And when it's something that is as good as like the 61 West Side Story. Yeah. 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 No, I understand it 100%. Am I mad at you? Yes. Do I not want to talk to you? <laughs> Absolutely. Am I uh, crossing your name out of my planner as I yeah. speak and just like, I will never talk to this. No, 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 no. Um, no, I what I'm what I'm getting at is I. I understand. And I think out of all of the perspectives of people who have said like, well, it's a remake. Um, this is the one that I think I understand the most. I, when I say remake, using it as like a pejorative, you yeah, know, against yeah. it. I think I saw somebody on Twitter had mentioned this where like, you know, fundamentally the a musical is meant to be sort of restaged and, and revived and like made over and over again. Like that's the point of it. Mm-hmm. Like It's not necessarily meant to be a singular there's one definitive version of this. So like even understanding that I was like, yeah, and I, I think it's fine, especially when you're remaking something like that. But I, I just, I just watched it. And, and I think the idea that Spielberg took of remaking the exact same thing to me gave it a very, very different feeling of, of being like, this is a man in his seventies taking something that he liked from back in the day and setting it in the same time and remaking it and sort of like revisiting something rather than the 61 version, which would have been something that was about, I mean, maybe it wasn't like, it wasn't exactly correct in terms of what was happening at the time, but it, it was like a contemporary story. So like, and then I thought about into there in the Heights where I was like, okay, that's probably closer to something that's like an answer to that. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It's like in conversation with West Side Story than Spielberg's movie would be, but that's mm. probably a longer discussion about something else. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm like, that's like a whole nother hour of a podcast right yeah. there. <laughs> no, even thinking about this episode, I was just like, damn, there's just so much. There's a lot. <laughs> there's, there's a lot, a lot to, to, to really about. talk to talk about. I think what I really, really enjoyed because I, I mentioned, you know, this in the first act that like of this episode that like 
yes, there are some things from the 61 West Side Story that are, you know, in hindsight, just a bad look, you know? Um, oh, of course. Yeah. No, I, I, and, oh, I yeah, like I'm not, people I'm listening not to this like, podcast know it, too. Yes, um, exactly. Obviously. But, like, yeah. just um, I think what what I really appreciate about the Spielberg version, um, mm-hmm. and in particular Tony Kushner's book, or script, rather. We're, we're in film talk, I was not say, we're in stage film talk. I'm sorry. Oh, you get to do this playing <laughs> in. Um, is... is it does a very good job of expanding upon what already existed without rewriting it entirely. Like yeah. there's all of this, um, just the idea to like put the Lincoln center number one front and forward. Like I think really grounds like, why is this tragic besides it's just violence? Like you don't really have that in West side story besides you kind of get like, well, you know, the jets are poor kids too. The sharks are poor, you know, but that's kind of like on the, sideline of that where mm-hmm. the real tragedy of West Side Story coalesces is like you know that these people ultimately have more in common with each other than they than than what they, they don't yeah. have and yeah, um, yeah. I, I think the Kushner book does a really good job of exploring that angle more you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that that these are both people who <laughs> have been they're not meant to be in the New York that is to come, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah. that they're just hanging on to scraps. Like this is really the end. Like they're hitting this terminal line of, of existence, you know? Right. Um, and which is contemporary too, right? It's like, yeah. You're, yeah. you're meant to have racial tensions in flame. And really it's about the fact that like everyone's yeah. being pushed out because of money. Right. Like, you know, to live in South Philadelphia, even now, yeah. it's just like, no, like there's no, there's no room for anyone that was originally yeah. there or who wants to be there. And who like, like it's just for the people that can afford to be there now. Yeah, and like, exactly. that. so like, I was just like, oh, this is, this is, this is quite, quite good. Thank you. Cause like, yeah, yeah at the end of the day, this is just about like teenage kids fighting, you know? And like, yeah. Like to have that and to have, (laughs) you know, just fighting and and tapping their toes and stuff Uh, to have that. And then I think the change to make the song, the big song somewhere, um, Uh which in the 61 version and in the stage version is a Tony and Maria moment. But to give it to Doc, who, you know, that she is someone who is still singing like this very bleak question or like not question, but statement that there's got to be a place somehow, somewhere, someday, you know, yeah, like that yeah. this is just this ongoing struggle of, I guess, class that will never be resolved yeah. and that will always, yeah. you know, find, find other things to, 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 to further separate people, whether it's like racism or homophobia, you know, like that this, mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. that this just keeps is going it's on in cycle. perpetuity, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, but I think the Kushner book like really sells that bigger tragedy on top yeah. of like the little micro one going on here really, really well. And that to me, it's more effective as I think the 61 West side story is the better like dance film. It's like, like the better. Yeah. yeah like, like that's the film I want to watch when I want to watch dancing to say, even though the, the, the choreography and dancing in this new one is fantastic. I think West side story, the 61 version is kind of a better ballet or like dance movie. Yeah. The Spielberg yeah, yeah. one is definitely a more character driven film that I think sells the tragedy a little bit better than the 61 version does. That's, yeah, that's my, yeah. that's, yeah, <laughs> like, that's my piece. To say nothing of, like, all the other great, like, character work that happens in it. And the other tragedy in this is, like, this, a lot of West Side Story to me has always been Anita's story. Because mm-hmm. Anita is the one that has that, like, idealistic, like, I can belong somewhere, you know. Yeah. I, I'm doing something good for myself. And then to have, like, over the course of two very intense days, that dream just, like, <laughs> crushed collapse. to shreds. Yeah, that, that yeah. collapse, that realization like that even though there should be 
room for people like Anita to exist because what mm -hmm. is different between the Jets and the Sharks is ultimately very minimal compared to what they do have in common is like that is tragic, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. The irony of it. And like, so like, I think the Spielberg version does a better job of it in that sense. But yeah, the 61 version for me is more of like, that is where you go to look at the Jerome Robbins choreography. I wanted to go, actually, this is, sorry, going back into a very no, no, go ahead. earlier yeah. conversation we had about like the choreography and cool and just in general, how you like liked it. Jerome mm -hmm. Robbins, between this and like on the town, his biggest contribution to choreography um, is just of, I guess, I guess character driven choreography is what I'm going to mm -hmm. call it, you know, mm -hmm. where there's room for, I guess, improvisation in it in in, in yeah. leading with character as opposed to technicality in it. And like, we take it for granted now because like, that's what a lot of choreographers do, but like yeah. this West side story in particular, uh, just this, this need to create something that was both ballet. Cause he was, he was choreo uh, choreographer for the New York city ballet at the time and had already had a very successful career under his belt, but this kind of brought, big choreographed non like improvised teen swing dance like but for broadway it's just like brought, modern like, this... it's modern jazz kind of dancing right? yeah or, or, yeah uh, yeah yeah okay yeah like it, it there's a reason why he's like when you think of broadway choreographers like bob fossey or michael bob Bennett, fossey, yeah. or um jerome robbins he's kind of like the very he's beginning the of those like of the dudes of choreography of broadway yeah just oh, okay. all this room for character driven movement you know but exactly though so th that's sort of my point is like it that feels like that was a contemporary kind hmm. of like new thing sure right oh, this sure. Is what I mean. so that like yeah. but then with 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 the spielberg one it sort of ends up feeling like it, it's like a history lesson rather than like a i see what new, you mean you know what i'm saying like yeah again using romeo and juliet the baz lerman one is like here's this new thing that you haven't really seen that's very very different whereas yeah that's that's interesting to me that he's like here's this new art form that like has not really been brought to the masses yeah. yet mm -hmm. and then this is sort of the vehicle that does that the choreography for this new one um the choreographer's name is escaping my memory but like they did like they were like we wanted to do our due diligence and not go like too crazy from the jerome robbins choreography because yeah the choreography is a huge part of the image of west side story like when people think of west side story they think of like you know yeah the snapping Dan. and like the low to the ground and the crouching and like they think of that. And there aren't a lot of Broadway shows that actually have that. I think maybe a chorus line is the only other Broadway show I can think of where the original choreography is a huge yeah. part of the image of the show. So like, I kind of see why the movie didn't go to the new hard movie. To, yeah. Too yeah. hard to like do anything new one, because like so much of West side story is in the choreography or at least the, the, the popular image of it. And two, like there was, um, I think I'd mentioned it. There was a, a an attempted revival right before uh, COVID happened and yeah, I was reading was, about this. Yeah. And they had like replaced a lot of the dancing with like, I guess, like more what we will say, like hip hop oriented dancing and stuff like that. And yeah. there are a ton of other issues going on with it. And COVID basically killed it. And it is just one of those things like I wish I had gotten to see that because I would be curious <laughs> to see what's like as much as it sounds like, oh, boy, there's a lot going on here um, for other issues that I won't even get into on this. Uh, like I would have been really interested in seeing a West Side Story where. You don't do like something Jerome Robbins looking because you have to like, you know, you can just do something new. What that what that looks Th that's like. That's going to be my question to you, yeah. too, is like, do you feel like when you do a remake and, you know, this is a leading question because my answer is like, no. But when you remake <laughs> something like, do you feel the need to withhold certain things? Right. So that's right. It's an interesting like debate about remakes. And then like if you're trying to honor something, but then at the same time, like 
blowing it up kind of is its own form of <laughs> right, right, know, of, right. Of like giving it of being like, yeah, this was like, what's the spirit of the thing that you're remaking versus sure. doing a remake of something because you just sort of liked it and you want to do a cover song of it. Kind right, of, right. You know what I mean? What Spielberg has done for movie musicals of the last 30 years is kind of like bring it back to the sense that, you know, it's not a genre that has to be told any differently than, um, you know, an action film or a sure, drama yeah, or anything yeah. like that, that it can be shot and treat the material with the same film language. And you just honestly don't see that. So I think honestly, that's where a lot of that love is mm-hmm. coming from. You know, mm-hmm. it's okay. nice yeah. to see something that you love. It, like it's West almost Side validated Story. in a way by being like, this is, I'm just going to treat this like, this is a film film rather than a yeah. musical film. Yeah. yeah. The, like the fact that I can have like my bro friends be like, Oh, that was really cool. And like, I was really like, Oh, when, when cool happened and they're fighting over the gun and like, <laughs> You know, like that, that they're invested in that and that they see the actual like drama in that and still are there to hear it with song and dance. You know, like I think for me, like that's why that film is so tremendous. This, yeah. this film is tremendous for a lot of people. Like uh, I had such a weird experience. I wish I, I just know, wish I, I, and now I'm like, I, I, if I had, I feel like if I had just watched that, I would have had a very different experience. too. Sure. The moral of this episode is don't watch one and then the other immediately no. afterwards. It's a bad idea. Well, it was weird because like I had just seen when I in preparation for this, I had watched the Spielberg one in theaters and like loved it and hadn't seen the mm. original in a while. And then like went back to the original for this episode and then watch the new one right after that. And it, yeah. it diminished my enjoyment of the original. I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, okay, I can't wait it's to so watch. It's so basic. Yeah. Like not, not, not to like the point where I'm like, I can never watch this again. Not at all. I still really, really, really like love that film, mm. but it's just like, yeah, no, no, no. Like it's totally a thing. I don't think you're a weird person. It's one of those things that maybe one day if you want to revisit it, it will feel differently. But I get, I get that in the sense of like, look at what this podcast had made you did. It ruined like the one musical <laughs> th- film masterpiece we get in the last 30 years. Like, <laughs> Look, this this music. Hey, at just, least I like the original, though. I'm very proud of myself. No, for like that, that. That is. It is just like that. Actually, is really validating because, like, yeah. it's a cool. Like to me, the '61 version is still such a good-looking, good. cool film. It is. Like, yeah, in ways that are it's just catchy about. too. And yeah. You talked about this with the dancing too, and I think the music. You know, th- speaking of you know a lot of musicals that we've seen and and the songs that tend to sound like you can hear what their influences yeah. are. Yeah, but I'm like West Side Story is still. It just sounds like its own thing, which yeah. is crazy to me how yeah. much of a fucking influence it's had on everything. Yeah. But it seems like it's, I don't know, again, with my limited knowledge of the whatever, 40 or so episodes that we've done, like sure. it feels like people still are scared to pull directly from it. Like, yeah. And just rip it off unless there's something that I haven't heard. Uh, In the Heights has a couple of musical references to it. But like, yeah, for the most part, it is just kind of like. I mean, even 13-year-old me in 2001 hearing that score for the first time and being like, this sounds cool. Like, this sounds different. Um, And, like, that score still feels that way to me. Yeah. You know, that you responded to it in the same way. Yeah. You know, like, Leonard Bernstein. Like, like, fucking telling you, that guy, he's going to, one day. Yeah, the kids are going to (laughs) be One day he'll get his due. (laughs) Yeah. They'll be selling shirts of him at, like, Forever 21. And then, like, guys will be going up to girls wearing Leonard Bernstein shirts. Like, Instagram. I need to follow him. (laughs) He got a SoundCloud. (laughs) Where's the Leonard Bernstein SoundCloud? Uh, Yeah. that is really cool. Like I am genuinely just the, the people can't see me, but I'm like smiling. Yeah. It's you're nice like ear to ear. You're, you're like, I'm proud I, of you. I am. It's nice <laughs> when the, when something that you really love, like 
then the score for me is really the heart of why I just deeply enjoy West Side Story. Um, that it still translates after all these years is really really cool. And yeah. um, I think I think th- the new movie does do also like a really good job of leaning into the music as a character. The sixty one does a version does it too. Like they treat the music as a character too. Like the music is always going along with like. To me, the music feels like it's it is the focus. Yeah, yeah. Rather, like, and I feel like the Spielberg one is not necessarily the focus, but that goes along the lines sure, of what you're talking about. It, sure. it being of like it's a movie. Yeah. That happens to be a musical rather than like <laughs> this is a musical. Look at the songs. Right, right. I've watched them so many times in like the last week and a half. Um, my daughter asks for Mambo all the time now, but like it's in, in researching this, I had gone back and read some, like, there's some really good, uh, photo essays from the 1950s of, Mm -hmm. um, this one guy who's just hanging out with teens on the, like on the West side in the fifties while there were these insane like turf wars going on where it was 16 and 17 year olds stabbing each other, you know, just this. Now we have different turf wars. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Oh God. Oh God. Speaking of turf wars, I mean, I I did, I mean, that was a thing that that's in it too, right? There's a bunch of turfs in this, in the Spielberg movie. Oh, a bunch of, uh, oh yes. Yeah, exactly. Because they're all fucking anti-trans. Like they're just like, who's this? So relevant. Wow. Spielberg, you really did it. Yeah. Okay. So, there's obviously a lot we could talk about with West Side Story, but we are getting close to the end of this episode. And so I guess as someone who who loves the show and who has already been surprised by the things and the insights that you've had, and you as someone who, you know, this this has kind of been sort of on your periphery, you've never fully seen it, but we've discussed it having huge cultural impact outside. What are your takeaways from West Side Story as as <laughs> as a piece of the genre, as like, yeah, like... I guess like is it good is it worth the hype is it it's worth the is, hype. is the hype so, worth it I am interested in seeing the stage version as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. just to sort of compare it because now we've seen two somewhat similar mm-hmm. uh, film versions <laughs> of it I wonder I wonder how crazy it is to have seen it like as a show but it seems like most people's reference point is the 61 version like yeah. it's not necessary I mean obviously people who like musicals love that but mm-hmm. Unlike something like Lame is where everybody or, or like Phantom where like there's no definitive fucking movie version that everybody knows. Everybody knows the stage version. Right, right. So there is that sort of missing piece of it. But it's overall impact. It does live up to a certain level of like this is something that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's like fun. That's mm-hmm. got a you know a banger of a soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It did manage to maintain my attention. Even me, who's like the least yeah, you know, wow. musical kind of person in it. You know, something you mentioned about, like, say, the Spielberg version, right? Mm-hmm. Which is to, like, give it context of Lincoln Heights and... Uh, Lincoln, Lincoln Center. Heights, right? Yeah, the Lincoln Center. I'm sorry, Lincoln Center. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm got in the Heights on my brain. Uh, Lincoln, which shows you, like, I don't know any of this, right? <laughs> so I, I don't really, like... I, I don't know if that's, like, a real thing. I don't mm. necessarily know if it's made like, made sure. up. or When I'm, I'm saying, like, basically the short version is me dum-dum, me like bright color and, like, dancey stuff and snaps, because I could relate to that. So... <laughs> <laughs> me dumb me think art cool yeah I like the part where they danced <laughs> yeah I, I, I guess the <laughs> yeah the, the sophisticated answer would be it's much more visceral in the original one so it doesn't really it feels like it requires less like outside knowledge or having a brain which is probably why I related to it more. And, and I can only imagine how cool it would have been, as I said, for the 50th time, how awesome it would have been to see it in a theater. Yeah, yeah. Like, it it definitely knocked me on my butt. I also got to see it with, like, an awesome, like, 
sound setup too. Like there's yeah, a lot of really, yeah. really cool shit going on in the sound mixing for this film, for the Spielberg film. But again, like that's not really speaking to like the essence of what West Side Story is. And if it's bright, sure. flashy color and, you know, a bunch of, I guess, people who were in their 20s playing like 18, 19 year olds, but looking like 40 year old adults, then <laughs> I love it though. That's uh, why we love it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that the 61 version is so much hornier than the Spielberg version because I feel like Spielberg generally is kind of like, he's like non-sexual, generally speaking in his movies. Like, I'd agree. I would 100% agree with that. Yeah. He's he's very like, not like a eunuch or anything. I wouldn't go that far, but mm. it's like just even watching the America sequence with like Rita Moreno dancing. And mm. I'm like, mm. that's a horny ass sequence. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's trying to get it. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah, it's great. It, the Spielberg one sort of it, it feels like a missionary position of a film comparatively in terms. No, of I won. I won sexuality. <laughs> I I actually I, I'd agree with that one hundred percent. Like it is it. I, that is the aspect of it that is way less visceral than the sixty one version. I will agree with you on that. Yeah, like, it might have had like 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 I love how intense the the rumble is in the Spielberg version. Like it really just mm-hmm. like for me heightens that scene. But it is like weirdly sexless you know like, yeah, yeah 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 considering that this all goes down because two people looked at each other and were like i don't care i want to fuck that you know <laughs> like yeah. Which, yeah if you're a teenager like all you want to do is fight and fuck like right. that's it that's right. like that's your entire identity so right. like, that makes sense oh uh, there's like, such yeah, a okay. such a short line between fighting and <laughs> fucking and i do think yeah the spielberg west side story just just did kind of miss that element of it okay yeah so i will agree with that would you say that it is a story that I guess, I, well, this is a very stupid question. Uh, we revisit Romeo and Juliet all the time. Um, do yeah. you think it was at least, it at least merited a revisiting West Side Story, you know, after like, it was 1957 when it came out. Is this still a story that feels relevant or remotely interesting to tell in 2021 when it, this was released originally? You're saying the actual idea of like the star-crossed lovers and all that? Of, or of like, West Side, did West West Side, Side story, story specifically. specifically. Yeah. No, I, I didn't think it needed to be remade as like a, I didn't think it needed to be remade as a remake of the 60, like as it taking place in 61. Sure, sure. Which is sort of why I was mentioning of like, In the Heights is not like the same thing at all. I understand. It's not, I'm not just saying like, oh, it's like Spanish speakers, but sure. I'm not saying that. Sure. I just mean like that to me is more of like a, okay, like just give somebody else a chance to do something else. That's yeah. like at least about like a, that's more specific. And it's about like a neighborhood of people. Sure. Where like with, You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I wanna, I wanna but again, I don't yeah. even think it, it's like a spiritual thing in terms of like the spiritual remake of it, I guess. I see. And I actually, yeah, there's, you know what there's, I'm there's, saying? There's Does that make of, sense? Yeah. I, and I'll probably tweet them up. There's a couple of good essays that kind of say the same thing that you're saying. Oh, do they? So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think so. I was just, I was especially because, because they both came out in the same year too. I'd be like, yeah. I'd say like, that's to me more of like a, okay, that's a more interesting sure. thing to come out in 2022 or 2021 sure. than the, than Spielberg remaking it, setting it in 61. Okay. Um, well, now that, we got that's my take. In the Heights West Side Story Showdown. <laughs> Thank you it kind of made me like in the heights more. I was just like, you know, I feel like I kind of. Interesting. Okay. You know, wow. No, like that. Uh, that's, you know what? It recontextualized it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm starting to get the feelings of like a WWE rumble going on now between <laughs> uh, in the heights and West Side Story. But that, that, that's. I didn't realize I'd have so many thoughts about this shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's, there's a lot in this and that's why I am like, fuck, you know, cause um, <laughs> we are reaching the end of our time here, but I'm glad, I'm yeah. glad like it actually like still like that the, the show has some capacity to like speak to people even yeah. even the 61 version you know and you know regardless of your viewing experience that like 
West Side Story can get a reaction is, is, is very interesting and very cool to me. Yeah, because a lot of people yeah. like wonder, like, why do we still like West Side Story? And I think the answer is because despite of its problems that we are all adults and can discuss, it rules. <laughs> like, it just <laughs> it just rules, man. <laughs> yeah, that's the power of, 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 like, just making something viscerally good, just writing good music and having good dance and yeah. having good, you know, camera work and yeah. sets and stuff. Even if it's, like, problematic, it's still like, ugh, it sucks you in. But anyway, so it's up for obviously a billion Oscars. Uh, yeah. I think when this drops, it'll be this the weekend after. Anyways, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you, Angie, for uh, you know holding holding my hand through a classic. Oh no problem. I'm always there to hold your hand through a classic or disaster. Yeah. Or just, disaster. That's what friends uh, are let for. Let us know. <laughs> let us know what you thought. Uh, we are at Musical Splaining without a G on Twitter. At Musical Splaining with a G. On Instagram, I am at Kavitaharian on Twitter at Instagram, or I'm sorry, at uh, Permafriends on Instagram at Instagram. I don't don't at Instagram at Permafriends on Instagram. Uh, I just found out I'm going to be at WonderCon uh, April 1st through the 3rd Woo. in Anaheim uh, selling my Permafriends books. So if you are in the Orange County area or in the Los Angeles or San Diego areas, please come see me. A lot of people come to visit me during the cons, which has been cool. I've seen a Aww. bunch of fans. So that's always nice. Tell tell Kava about your favorite experience watching Phantom of the Opera in person. Yeah, exactly. Please, and that, then I'll basically you can't not think be of able a more to. fun way to spend an afternoon <laughs> in Anaheim. <laughs> Go do yeah. that. That's really exciting, uh, though. I love it. It's definitely not distracting at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, please leave us good reviews. Um, you know. Yeah. Give us four stars. And of yes. course, go to the sponsor links. Yes, and, please. Uh, Angie, go ahead. Uh, I'm Angelina Y on Twitter. I've been talking about West Side Story nonstop. So if you've got feelings, by all means, tweet them at me. Um, if you have feelings <laughs> about the Batman or the fictional butts of various characters, I'm also there at Angelina Y. Cheeks. To answer your queries. Cheeks all days. And I'm Angelina underscore S-E-E on Instagram. Uh, thanks yeah. again for listening. I This was such a full loaded episode that if we didn't get to talk about your favorite parts of West Side Story... Come find me and fight me in the streets. 